Look for a pair of ones, I'm gon' spin it, yeah. yeah. Ten girls backstage, all molly, and they with it, yeah. yeah. Call my plug, need four and a half, I'm about to get it, yeah. yeah. Might wear Gucci, but two, three is on my feet, yeah. Hot skin, she thick, told me, I can hit it, yeah. Tattoo, she like fast cars, she can whip it, yeah. Talent to all black, dark tint, they can't see me, yeah. She asked me for a plug on dope, shawty, you trippin'. Okay, here we go. All right, so I want to thank everybody for um, be listening. Who's who's ever listening to the uh, Two Three Game podcast? Um, of course, I'm Eddie Kane, and um, today or tonight? Well, tonight here, today there. I have um, somebody who I've known for a while, and um, she's um, a writer, a singer. And probably amongst, uh, and probably a lot of other things that I don't know about, but we're going to talk about it today. I'm going to let you pronounce your name um, so I don't jack it up. <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Fayoso, Fayoso Leal. Um, nice to be here. Thank you. No problem. I'm glad that you um, took the time to do this. Can you hear me? Cut out for a moment. Oh, I'm sorry. So we good now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm just want I'm gonna get right into it. Um, so you're um from Hawaii. So, so actually, I was born in um, Washington State. Okay. Uh, and I moved to Hawaii when I was um 14 years old. So. <clears throat> Like people over here will say, oh, well, you're local. You've been here so long, you know, but um, but I can't actually claim that I'm from Hawaii. So I always have to, you know, make that distinction because the people who are actually from here, you know, they, you know, wouldn't want me claiming right, <laughs> something that's not true. <laughs> but do you have um, ties to Hawaii? So, um so my dad is um Samoan and um my mom is um she she's a basically we have um mostly german um ancestry um, my mom and dad they they met in um the army uh fort lewis if, if you're a, a military person and you know where that's at that's in washington state um so like i said that's where i was born and um I ended up moving to Hawaii um, to live with with my cousins when I was when I was a teenager, um, and um, so I'm Samoan. Um, Samoans believe that you know back in the day uh, we traveled all over the Pacific, so so we believe that you know in the in the lineage of of Polynesians of Native Hawaiians you know there there's some Samoan blood in there. Um, but I'm, I'm not native Hawaiian per se, but, um, but I am Polynesian. I am Samoan and I did have, um, I do have some family that lives here still. Okay. And you, um, that, that you moving from Washington state to Hawaii, what was that like the, the culture and adjusting? How was that like? I'm going to tell you a long story. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so I actually 
So the reason why I moved to Hawaii, the truth is, is because um, I got locked up in um, juvenile hall. Um, <laughs> I I was um, I was a, a troublemaker per se, right? I I got locked up a couple times. Um, actually, one of them was for possession of marijuana. Um, and now it's it's legal in Washington State. So every time I go back to Washington State and I see them selling weed, it's a it's a trip. Um, but anyways, <laughs> um, so uh, I moved here because of that. And I was so young at the time, and um, and I was really like, you know, I was at that age where I just wanted to hang out with my friends. I didn't really want to move. I was forced to move here. It wasn't my choice. Right. And um, and so at the time. You know, um, my my mind was definitely in a in a different place. Um, I ended up taking like hula classes and and things like that that really um, helped me learn a lot about Hawaiian culture. Helped me um, end up learning uh, a little bit more about my my own culture as well. Um, but it actually wasn't until I moved to California much later on um, in order to pursue music and entertainment a little bit more and then ended up moving back to Hawaii where I really noticed the difference between the mainland and and um but the continental U.S. and and Hawaii and um then I I guess because I was a lot older um and then I I really like moving from Hawaii to California really noticing how much more aggressive um I think people were um you know I just didn't exactly feel like I fit in, you know, and then coming back to Hawaii again, and then just kind of feeling more at home and feeling, you know, like I said, that, that culture, um, that I, that I related to more, um, just, just like an understanding of, among people that, um, it's just, it's just different. Um, yeah, I kind of put words to it. I, I definitely, I definitely understand that. Um, me um, coming from Kentucky and and then going to um, Hawaii, it's um, it is a big difference. And um, so, in in that transition, when did you? How did you start off um, like writing or getting into music? So, um, so you know, I was always like kind of creative. I mean when I was like four years old or whatever, you know, I'd be sitting in the house, like um, back in Washington state, be sitting on the, the heating vent. Um, like I put my nightgown over the hot air with the, with the air, like, you know, floating up, you know, <laughs> being all poofed up, like my daddy's reading the newspaper, you know, just making up songs like that, right. you know, um, being told to shut up, but, <laughs> but, um, I was really into, um, you know, band and choir and all of that in school. <clears throat> and then, like I said, I had my, um, they call it juvenile delinquent days. Um, and when I moved to Hawaii, I got involved in um, some of the, the hip hop scene here. Um, you know, when I was kicking it with people over here, you know, I kind of got into um, some freestyling and stuff like that. I was, I was kind of shy though. I didn't always do it um, unless I was comfortable around the people that I was with. Uh -huh. um, 
or really high, to be honest. Um, and um, <laughs> I, I'm just letting it all out. Screw it. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, so, you know, that's that was kind of like some of it. Um, when I moved here, um, I actually, um, the, the schools that I went to, um, I wasn't really involved in, in music at the time. So I was kind of doing some, some of it more on my own. Um, <clears throat> I always wrote. Um, and then, uh, you know, I continue, I really wanted to go to, um, I really wanted to be a songwriter. I always wanted to be a, a songwriter. And so I would always, you know, kind of work on things to, to develop other skills that would um, supplement that. Um, <clears throat> and I ended up taking dance as well. Um, so and like Polynesian dance, you know, you end up um, singing as well as dancing at the same time. There's a musical element to that. There's like drumming and, you know, rhythm that you got to be pay attention to in order to to dance well. Uh -huh. um, uh, and fast forward, um, I ended up getting involved in, they had something called the, the Mele program that started up here in Hawaii where um, like they taught you about um, music business. They taught you um, kind of like how to use the, the mixing board and stuff like that. And I liked it. Um, <clears throat> I didn't finish the whole certificate. Um, I decided to, to produce an album at that time. Um, how old was that that I was in my, it was in my twenties. Okay. Um, I was in my twenties. Um, like I said, I, I forgot, like I had already taken, you know, like piano lessons as a kid. Like I said, I was in band, I was in choir. So I really kind of already had a lot of, um, music theory and, um, those kind of background skills where it kind of comes naturally to me right. to, to put a lot of stuff together. For me, it was always just I thought it was always just a matter of knowing the right people. You know, like you have this goal of, if I just meet the right record label, you know, maybe I could just blow up, right? right. So, I, I mean, for me at that time in my in my 20s or whatever, you know, like I was always like networking, like, especially here in Hawaii, you know, there, um, it's really small and there's not really many opportunities to kind of like be in the music industry per se until that that melee program came up like that kind of opened up a few more doors but but really if you wanted to do like an internship with a record label or you know something like that there really weren't that many opportunities when i was in you know when i was a teenager or when i was in my early 20s and i kept looking believe me i kept looking um i think i ended up linking up with a few different people on island. Cutmaster Spaz was um, one of the people who started opening, um, you know, one of those doors for me. But uh -huh. I still didn't, you know, I was still chasing after that that record label. That right. record label <laughs> was was gonna get me in there. Um, and I learned some lessons later on down the way, along the way. Maybe I'll um, share some of those. We'll see um, coming up. But but ultimately, you know. <clears throat> I, I was, I was, I was chasing after this, this version of success that, um, I think had been sold to me, you know, like you see right. music videos or, or, or whatever is kind of, I think sold to us through, you know, was sold to us like through MTV or like us watching 
um, celebrities, right. music videos and stuff like that, that gives That's you this certain image of how things are supposed to be done, like what success is. And so at the time, I had this really low self-confidence, like I wasn't doing well because I wasn't making money off of my music, like to earn a living and I, I wasn't on a record label and this and that. So I felt like, you know, deep down, I felt like I wasn't doing well, like I wasn't doing good enough, you know, and that really, um, that, that, that really was, was difficult for me. What, um, at what point did you realize, um, like when it, when did the strategy, I guess, where you changed of, ch of chasing the record labels and stuff, and then you just started focusing on whatever you could control? Um, so I think there's kind of like, there's probably a couple parts to that. Um, when I moved to California, I actually did have a really um, great opportunity where I actually interned at um, Warner Music. So here was my, my big shot, right? I was like, I'm finally, I'm, I'm in there. Like not very many people get this type of opportunity, right. especially, you know, like, you know, you know, I, I went to high school in Hawaii, just like I explained, like, it's, it's really hard. Like even just a regular person, like how many people get this opportunity to intern at Warner Music? Um, I was in the marketing department, you know, so it wasn't necessarily where I thought I wanted to be at, but it, it was in the door, you know, right, it, was a step. Uh, it was a step. And I, and I was hoping, you know, that if I, you know, did well or what have you, that maybe I could get a job there someday. And, um, the, the, the person that I work for, um, well, I think I talked to her about that and she was like, well, I'm the only person in my department and I'm not planning on quitting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, I kept applying to jobs um, and I'm actually a single mom. So that's another part of my story too, where I had this drive where if, if I wasn't making money to feed my daughter, you know, yeah. like, um, and it wasn't happening fast enough, you know, I, I, I gave up pretty quickly in, in some regards because right. I, I needed to make money. Um, so, so anyways, so I, I, when I was at Warner Music, though, I, I learned a few things. Um, I, I, I observed. Um, I, um, I think one of the first projects that I got to work on when I was there, um, I don't know if you remember the song by, um, uh, what was the name of that band? It's called We Are Young. It was kind of kind of big. I, I know you're talking about. Yeah. So it was on the Super Bowl one year, and that is um, kind of far back, but that's that's the time when I first started um, interning at, at Warner Music, and um, and they they did this thing where they they sold, or they gave out free digital downloads or something like that in, during the Super Bowl um, in conjunction with the with a commercial, right? Uh -huh. um, I didn't get to do much you know, like, cause I just started, but that's like probably like the biggest thing that I was involved in when I was there. Um, so I, I like to brag about it. So, but anyways, the thing that I did learn when I was there is um, I made friends with, um, you know, some other um, girls that were, you know, around my age that were also interning. And this one girl, she was working, um, was like merchandising or something like that. And, I noticed they were making um, t-shirts with a uh, hot topic. 
So they were putting, um, you know, like different bands on the t-shirts. So if you ever go shopping at Hot Topic, you notice uh -huh. that there's a bunch of bands on the wall with the t-shirts and stuff. And, right. and I remember thinking at the time, like, what? Well, and I think I learned, I learned that they weren't really making a lot of money off of the music because the music industry had changed so much at that time after um, all of the the streaming services. What was it? Napster? Napster like brought down the whole music industry. Right. So the so the music industry was no longer really making money. And so that is another reason why it was so hard to get in the door um, to try and get a job at Warner Music because like they were just not making money at the time anymore. They they told me like it used to be like they have parties all the time. Like, you know, the people who have work worked there for a long time they were like it used to be different but after Napster and all of that everything changed so so like I said that what how the industry changed at that time was towards merchandising so they were selling like t-shirts and all this thing so I remember sitting there and going man so you're telling me that if I want to do music it's just like working at any other job. Like I could make more money just, you know, <laughs> I, I, I had a job selling light bulbs at one time, you know, and like basically I could make more money selling light bulbs than sitting here, you know, working for a record label or what right. have you. Like that was kind of, the, that was what I came a, away with there. And I was kind of stuck, you know, at that time, like, well, what am I gonna do? Because my plan at the time was I was gonna move to California, kind of like stack my chips up, make enough money, so that way I could start working on my own music again, which was my strategy in Hawaii. Uh -huh. But it didn't work out because I was interning, I was working a minimum wage job, I was trying to raise my daughter, and I was just really having a hard time making ends meet. I ended up moving back to Hawaii because I felt like I was a failure. Um, and I think I, I closed my Facebook account. Like, I don't know if you remember, like you couldn't get a hold of me. Like yeah. I just, I just dropped, like, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't tell anybody what happened. Like I was just, I was really like, I really felt like I was a failure. And, um, I ended up, um, pursuing a different path. Um, I actually ended up studying, um, public health. Now everybody knows what public health is now that we're in the coronavirus, right? Right. When I, when I moved back to Hawaii, I didn't know what public health was. Um, but they had this program called um, Native Hawaiian and Indigenous Health. Um, the really great thing about that program at the time was um, it helped me um, really kind of connect with myself again in terms of like culture, really understanding like colonization, you know, all of these things that people have been talking about lately, like on social media with like right. the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, white supremacy and all of these things. Uh -huh. Like I actually ended up understanding a lot of that at that time through the lens of um, my culture, through Samoan culture, through, um, you know, Native Hawaiian lens, through um, Pacific Islander lens and, um, and getting more kind of involved in community at the time. And but I really, I really, as I, as I started working in the field, I really was missing that, that creative side of me. Right. And so, so I started digging stuff out that I had projects that I had started and never finished and um, started, 
started um, really thinking about like, why did I quit? You know, like, why did I, and I wouldn't say that I quit. I would say I took a hiatus, right? Like I had some things that I needed to learn for myself. Right. Um, life just happened. You know? Yeah. So I just really, I needed, um, I needed to, to, to really understand like that, that redefine what success was for myself. Right. Um, because I was really stuck in that, that mode of, you know, if, if I'm not, um, if I'm not on the, in a record label and I'm not, you know, making millions of dollars and, you know, you know, I have like millions of dollars to be able to give to charity. Like I'm not a success or whatever. Like, like that's really like what I had gotten stuck on. And so when I kind of was thinking about getting back into it and, and really started analyzing, you know, why, why am I here? Like, why do I want to go back down this path? Um, you know, I really started, started taking a, I don't know if you call it moral inventory. Like I st really started to, you know, really like dig deep inside myself uh -huh. and, and think about those reasons. So, so that is how I started shifting that, that definition. It was, it was not a necessarily a light bulb moment. It was right. really a bunch of experiences. Um, and I think, you know, I'm still, trying to to get a little bit more more firm on you know what 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 is success to me but yeah at the same time i think um at this point you know i i definitely have a a different viewpoint of view of the world and um view of myself than i did back then and um and i think that is um shaping how i'm choosing to do music now okay yeah, that's. I think that's. I think that's a lot of. Um, that's a, a lot of perspective of a lot of people who's trying to do music on their own and and then just having a lot of like doors shut and and still trying to figure out what's going on and still deal with life and like you said, you're a single parent, so um, I know that has to be um, difficult to deal with. So when you're when you're. Um, when you first started writing, what was your first, I guess, um, experience like of recording and what was that like for you? <laughs> so the first real, I mean, I, I would say the, the first real experience that I had, um, I'll, t I'll tell the story. So, um, so I was working in Chinatown at the time I was working working for a dance studio uh, and Pilates studio. And I think I, I went out for lunch and, um, and there was uh, these cats on the, on the street selling their CDs. Um, and they said they were a Micronesian rap group, um, Chew Thugs. And I was like, that's cool. Like, I right. thought that was really cool. Um, and um, so they, they asked me to buy their CD. And um, I was like, okay, but can I be on one of your tracks? <laughs> and, um, and so they were like, okay. Um, and so I think it was Valentine's Day that around that time too. So they invited me to, um, to come up to their spot. It was just like a, a home, you know, kind of recording studio. Right. Um, 
And around what um, year? Man, I'm not trying to give away my age. <laughs> <laughs> this this was 2008. Oh, 2008. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this is not. Uh, I, so they they brought me in. I didn't write anything. Um, okay. So this was not me writing. Um, but this this was my first experience, like kind of really like seeing on a track that was really released. Um, so so. So I, I went in and the producer, you know, kind of like, this is all by ear, you know, he was just like, okay, you're going to sing this. Okay. And then you're going to overdub it like a little bit higher and, you know, like whatever he gave me the directions and, uh -huh. um, you know, and then that was it. And then, um, they played it back and I was like, oh, wow, that's hot. That's me. Oh, that's cool. You know, <laughs> did you have any, um, uh, like vocal training at all, or this is just, yeah yeah i mean not from them i had my own vocal training that i had done on my own um okay. over the years um but in that particular experience like it was it was really like on the fly like listening by ear you know okay. like uh, no reading music or nothing um so that was cool um as far as you know me writing my own stuff the way that that happened, um, I meant I mentioned um, Cutmaster Staz earlier. Uh -huh. um, so, so um, are you familiar with Cutmaster Staz? I remember I remember the name, but not I'm not aware of him of what he does or done. Yeah, he um, he was a big DJ out here. He was involved with um, Dissendat TV. Um, I remember and, that. Um, yeah, he he was pretty well known out here in Hawaii. Um, still is, um, and I me and my networking, I reached out to him and um, told him that I wanted to talk to him and see if I could get an internship. And so we had a meeting, I think it was at Kahala Mall, and I sat down and I talked to him and, you know, I was just trying to get my foot in the door any way that I could. Right. And he was like, okay. And I also told him that I, I did my own music um, as well. And he was like, I'm going to link you up with one of my producers uh, he's, he's my top producer and, um, you can, um, either choose to, um, intern with him, or if you want to write your own stuff, we'll give you a deal to work with him and he can, he can produce your stuff. Uh -huh. And I ended up deciding to produce my own stuff with, um, that was with, um, O Snizzle. Okay. Um, yeah. So that is how I met Osna or O Snizzle back in the day. Um, and I worked with him in, in their studio back when it was um, in Kaimuki. And uh, I just pretty much, you know, either I, I had some lyrics written and I would bring it to him and he would kind of like uh, help produce the track. Or I, in some cases I had the music written too and he had to kind of work with me to, to develop that. So as okay. far as like my, my my style of writing is is varied um sometimes it's based on lyrics i i use um you know pen and paper i write, write stuff out and cross uh -huh. it out and rewrite it um sometimes I, I write the music and um and sometimes you know i'll listen to a piece of music and write to that so it, it kind of really depends on one, whether I'm writing with somebody 
to, you know, whatever's going on in my life. Um, you know, so, uh, there's a bunch of different ways that, that to create, to create. Right. How, so how was that, um, how was that experience? Like, how was the relationship? Like, was it hard or was it easy or uh, was you like nervous? You know, I ended up reconnecting with um, Osnizzle recently and I told him, you know, one of the reasons why I like working with him is because he doesn't hit on me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's another element too, as a female um, that really made things hard for me was I would work with producers and Uh I would go to their studio and pretty much get sexually assaulted like you know or like they'd be hitting on me or like trying to like turn it into a date or whatever this happens to me a lot and it it, like it it would irritate me because I was really trying to be serious about the music and then they're trying to make it into some other thing and I'm like I'm not I don't even like you like that like I'm I'm just here like to do business I don't know what gave you that impression you know right I mean I know I'm pretty but you know (laughs) I'm just playing no, I, I never, I never talked like that or gave anybody that kind of impression. You know, I think it, it's probably something that a lot of girls deal with. And so, um, Snizzle, when I told him that, he just kind of laughed and he was like, "Well, I guess you got to work with female producers then." But then there's not that many of them, right? So, right. Um, so as far as my, um, I, I had a good working relationship with with him. Um, you know, I, I, I made it a goal to write a, a song every month. So every month, I, I, no matter what I had going on in my life, I made an appointment to meet up with him, and I knew I was going to record. So I needed, if I wanted um, to have another rapper or backup vocalist or whatever, like I made all that happen to show up to the studio for the session, have my money ready, you know, for everybody to get paid by the time, you know, we left. And uh-huh. I did that every month. Um, so I had a goal, um, and I finished a was it like a 10 song album in less than a year um, by making it that goal to do that every, every month. And, you know, I was proud of that. I mean, it wasn't, you know, some people like they get really um, bogged down in making a song perfect, but to me, I just wanted to get something out there and I'm actually glad that I did it that way. You know, even though I look back on it and um, you know, I'm growing as an artist now. There's probably some things that I wish that I would have fixed, but I mean, at the same time, I had produced an album and that's something that, you know, some people hadn't done. Like they said that they're going to do it, but they, right. they just never really were able to be happy with whatever product. And so for me, I just was like one song a month, no matter what, bam, we're just going to do it. Now, when you're when you're um, writing these these your songs and everything, what what are your influences for like musically? Like, who do you listen to to get like inspiration or um, to, from? I mean, I think at this point for me, you know, it's it's a mix of all of the musical experiences that I've that I've had in my life that kind of just come out in a certain way. Um, I, I mean, as far as like musical influences, I mean, I, 
I listen to um, some female rappers that that I think most people haven't heard of. Um, I really um, like Twista um, has this um, female um, songwriter Ubi on a lot of her tracks, and I really you know paid a lot of attention to her and her style. Um, I like a lot of nasty female rappers, but I um, <laughs> I've never really had. I've never really had the guts to really open up um, publicly and, and come out like that. But right. um, but I, I, I do respect and um, I really enjoy a lot of um, sexually ex explicit lyrics that come from um, female artists. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> uh, so there's Ubi is, um, is I really, I really like her a lot. Um, I'm blanking right now. Um, lately, I've really been kind of turning my eye more towards my my Polynesian culture. Um, you know, I've I really have been listening to a, a lot of hip hop growing up, um, kind of studying that that style. Uh -huh. um, but, but now I'm kind of looking more so at um, how to fuse hip hop with um, Polynesian culture more. Um, so that's something I've been personally kind of thinking a lot more about. Um, but just over, over my, my time, you know, I, I've studied classical music growing up. So, um, uh, I've also, you know, studied jazz and, um, like I said, I got my, my hula, my, um, Samoan music, um, like I said, hip hop, reggae, you know, so it's a kind of a, a fusion of all these different music styles and influences that just kind of end up coming out into whatever it is. How would you describe um, Polynesian uh, music? How would I describe Polynesian music? Is it like, um, <laughs> is it more like band? Is it more um, like live or is it like, like how would you describe it? So, I think that modern Polynesian has um, definitely borrowed a lot from from reggae, uh, island music. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that that has has definitely influenced the instrumentals. Um, when when I was growing up, you know, <laughs> here's another story. Okay, so when I was growing up. Um, I, I took a dance class and uh, we were learning this song called um, Aiko Aiko. Uh, was it like, you know that song? Aiko Aiko? Aiko Aiko Ane, Jackamafina, Ainane, Jackamafina Ane. Right? I'm Talking about a hey now. No? Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's this song that I learned when I was like six years old. And, um, and this was a song that I think my dad had on one of his his like you know tapes with like other Polynesian music or whatever that had been a cover by, by a Polynesian band um and I don't know if we had also heard it at like family nights or whatever but I I was convinced that this was a, a Polynesian song <laughs> and the the um the teacher told told us that it was uh I think she told us it was a song from Africa and me not knowing anything you know fully convinced that she was wrong. I quit dance <laughs> over this. Oh, really? Right? Wow. 
Yeah. So um, I was a, I was a stubborn kid. I did stuff like that all the time. Um, I, I, I was thinking about this and I looked it up. It actually, I don't think it actually was from Africa, but, um, but it, it definitely was um, uh, black influence. Um, man, now you got me on record and I can't remember where it's actually from after I told all this story. Um, but, but, um, <laughs> but um, anyways, but my point is, is that I think because the the Polynesian diaspora, like uh, for for those of us Islanders, you know, that um, really we ended up for whatever reasons moving from our homes off of our islands to the continental U.S. or Australia or or New Zealand or wherever else in the world, whether because of the military or for better opportunity or because of you know, there's a lot of reasons for for different people. Um, uh, what's what's ended up happening is that there's been a um, a mixing of culture and um, and a lot of influence um, with um, what's called you know what's considered to be um, hip hop and and reggae and and black influence music. So I was um, I was actually having a discussion with one of my other cousins who lives in Samoa last summer, not this past summer. And he was talking about how a lot of, um, see, I, I would say your, your question is debatable, um, but he was talking about how a, a lot of people now, um, they're singing um, like Samoan music or Polynesian music. And he was saying, and then they, they add in um, a style that's black. And I was like thinking, why would you say that? Like, I didn't, I didn't get it. Like, I was like, why, why are we bringing, you know, that into it? But but now but now I, I I really understand what he's saying like really um, with with all of the the embellishments and all of that that's really more typical of um, you know like soul music and all of that and we're uh -huh. really recognizing where that really comes from and he really understood that um, so I've been thinking a lot about that lately so I I know that um, you know that definitely has has influenced me as well but it's actually influenced all of polynesian music today um but if you really go back polynesian music it has because of christianity there's a lot of um choral influences to it harmonies really rich harmonies um you know there's um you know our language there's right. there's that that part of it um you know so how would I describe it? Um, if you listen to, you know, the drumming, the drumming patterns are, you know, if you listen to um, actual, you know, uh, the percussion Polynesian dances with with the drumming and stuff like that. That's uh -huh. that's pretty distinct and and unique. Um, so when you're if you went to like a, a luau, right, and you hear like <laughs> that drumming, that's yeah, different, yeah. So now that you're you're trying to yeah, so um, I've been thinking about all things. When you're trying to incorporate all of these things, is it does it come natural or is it? Um, are you do you have to be mindful of grabbing all these elements or is it natural? I have to think really hard about it. Um, and uh, to be honest. I've been thinking a lot about something that somebody else told me is like, sometimes I try too hard. <laughs> so I, I'm wondering right now if I'm trying too hard. Um, but 
but also, you know, like some of these songs, they, um, they haven't been documented. They haven't really been written down where you can really just find the chords. Um, right. Like I have a book of Samoan music and it's just the lyrics and I'm not fluent in Samoan. So some of them, it's just Samoan words. And I don't, to be honest, I don't really understand what they mean unless I was to go to my dad or somebody in the family or somebody right. else who, uh, who I know who speaks fluently. Um, some of them, there are translations for, um, with, um, or some I've known over my life and, you know, I understand them a, a little bit better, but there's the, but some of them, like I said, there's, there's no chords, there's no music unless you listen to a recording of them. So what I've been finding myself doing is that I have to sit there and listen to, and luckily I have the training to do this. Like I have to sit there and listen to the, the baseline and rewrite it by ear or listen to the you know the whole drum pattern and redo right. that by ear and all of the different instruments and layers you know and kind of go by you know like trying to break that down and then bringing my own style into it on top of that right so it's like a whole a whole thing that i'm considering doing i'm in the process of doing <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens right. um with that <laughs> It's a it's an experiment right now. Right. How long? How I don't long know have you been trying to experiment with this? <laughs> I don't know if I should be talking about it because um because I don't have any finished product and somebody's gonna listen back to this and be like what what ended up happening to this? Right. <laughs> now I'm committed to it. Dang right. it. Um, <laughs> um, I'll. This is something that I have been thinking about in the back of my mind, but I hadn't I really actively started started to work on it till maybe the past month because I um, have been caught up in some other things. So right. uh, it's just something that I've started to, to explore very recently. Okay. So this, this, um, so recording wise, you only have, you only have one album right now that you recorded in full or do you have other projects? So I've been releasing some singles. Um, uh -huh. So, so I have released, uh, two official releases this year and some soft releases. Okay. Um, I've done some some videos. Um, I was also doing some comedy videos. Um, for I was doing a comedy video every week. Um, okay. for for a time, the goal was uh <clears throat> to help build up with some of my upcoming music releases, but the the timing uh, didn't work out so much uh, with the way that I wanted it to. So I ended up kind of focusing more on the music of late. So I, my plan for 2020 <laughs> was I was gonna start coming back with all of my music. I have pre-recorded some stuff in um, November and December. And my first original drop since my first album, I had planned that for March, I think it was like 27th. <laughs> and we all know how March went. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so, I, fell uh, I fell in the in the crack with that too, so I know what you're talking about. Right. So I had um, you know, after all this time and I was, you know, uh did all this soul searching to finally come back and, you know, had planned this this big, you know, after all I had learned, like, you know, I really had my marketing plan. I had reached uh -huh. out to all these different radio stations, da, 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 you know, to try and build up um, Soulmate, which I released uh -huh. in, in March. I had done a, 
you know, a pretty involved music video production. I was trying to promote the, um, the gelato place that we had filmed at. They ended up getting shut down because of COVID, <laughs> you know, and it just, um, you know, it just, uh, of course, didn't work out the way that I, I planned it to. And then some of the other songs um, that I had recorded, um, I just ended up releasing them with no real uh, marketing plan because, you know, it's just kind of been all up in the air this year, right? So um, something out. I just said, I, you know, with everything going on, you know, I felt like it the things that I had already written were a reflection of the time. And part of the responsibility of an artist is to be able to reflect the time. Right. Um, although these were things that I already felt prior to and had written about years ago, but uh -huh. because there were a lot of conversations about these things, you know, in 2020, I felt it was appropriate to release it at the time. Um, so even if it was a soft release, um, you know, I, I went ahead and, and released a, uh, uh, a song about um that was very similar to everything that was talking about defunding the police and all of that um i had a song that was very much in line with that and i, okay. I did a, a soft release with that unfortunately you know facebook would not let me promote that song i think really? i spent yeah they were trying to tell me that um let's see well, at least in order to run an ad on it, you know, I had to register myself and, you know, all, like they weren't recognizing my, my business license and they didn't want to accept this and this and all of this stuff. Um, so I just ended up, it was, it was giving me so much grief and uh -huh. I had so many other things going on at the time. I was just like, screw it, screw you, Facebook, like, because it was a social issue. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, like all music is about social issues. Like, why are you trying to give me a like such, <laughs> right. such a hard time, you know? <laughs> like, um, so I was like, I'm just gonna wait until after the election because this is just ridiculous. Like, how are you gonna do this? So um yeah, so so I've been kind of observing, observing uh the past couple months. Um and uh reevaluating um the direction that i want to go i i do have some other things in my back pocket um because you know i do have you know i have other stuff that that i've written um <clears throat> but now i'm just a little bit confused again because now everything's changed again <laughs> right uh-huh yeah so now that you um you kind of you know, since got back into the the groove of things or whatever. Um, of the songs and stuff that you released um, prior to COVID, whatever. Um, how was the feedback? And the or the, prior the support? Well, um, you know, it depends on who you ask. Um, you know, I the. The song that, I mean, my soulmate song that yeah. it was right after COVID, um, you know, I had, I, like I said, I reached out to a bunch of people in the industry to, to kind of get some feedback on the song. And uh -huh. it's interesting because a lot of it was actually um, negative, um, but I had, I had worked with the right people. So when, when, 
when certain people make comments about like the mixing, right. for example, and I knew that I had worked with somebody who's at the top of his game. Right. And so when somebody makes comments about the mix, like I know that person doesn't know what they're talking about, right? For right. example, right? So I've kind of had to learn how to just kind of take things with a grain of salt because everybody just has their own personal opinions. Yeah, when I actually released the songs, um, as far as the people who support me, you know, they, they don't have anything negative to say or even um, when I meet strangers or new people right. um, and I mentioned that I have stuff out, like nobody has anything negative to say. It just seems like it's other haters in the music industry, I right. guess. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> other other haters who, who aren't actually writing music um, right. that um, don't actually know, you know, how to do it, that, that have comments, I guess. <laughs> how, how, how important is um, to you to um, to have like, the right support team or the right um, the right feedback? How, how important is that to you? That's, that's something that I'm reevaluating. Um, it is important to have the right team for sure. Um, it's always one of the lessons that I learned from my first album, I was really trying to do everything myself. And, uh -huh. um, and my, my lesson from that is um, you can't do everything yourself. It, it makes things easier if you're able to have a lot of skills and do a lot of things, but you're not the best you can't be the best writer and engineer and producer and marketer, you know, and you know, whatever, right? Like right. it's what I've, what I've come to the conclusion of now is like, I rather have a team together of somebody who knows how to video, you know, and edit and another team member that, you know, it is an engineer and that's how they make money, you know, right. and another person who, who knows how to produce, like, even though I can write music, like, you know, I, I rather collaborate with somebody else who writes music and, you know, we'll, we'll pull out our respective strengths, right? Depending uh -huh. on whatever the project is, right? So the right team, depending on the project, I think is very important. Um, support, um, support, of course, is important. You know, like you, you gotta have, like in life, right? You, you gotta have, your support in in general in life especially as a musician because it's not easy um i will say that you know my my immediate family um like my dad was not that supportive of me doing music um ever he he paid for like my piano lessons and stuff growing up right you know but um as far as like he really wanted me to have a federal job like you know, like right. I, if I had a federal job, you know, then I'd have, you know, my retirement and da, 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 whatever, but that, that never really was for me. Um, <clears throat> but I ended up working other jobs, like I said, because I'm a single mom um, and I was always trying to do music on the side, but I really wish, you know, that at times I really wish that, you know, I had, I I have one of those families who are like really supportive of your art and music and like right. kind of like, you know, let you do your thing because I, that, I think that makes a huge difference in how confident you are Definitely. in yourself and, um, and your 
ability to move forward. As for me, you know, that's something that, um, that I've had to gain for myself over time. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, finding that type of support and in, in other people in my life, whether, you know, those are friends or other family members or, you know, other people that I met along the way that I've learned to network with, um, that I have happened to network with over time. You know, those are just people that have um, uh, become a part of my life because they've been um, supportive of me. And since you've been, um, you've been on both sides, you worked at Warner, you was an intern, and then um, prior to that, and now you've kind of been doing everything on your own. Um, what would you, would you rather um, continue to be like, like independent and have more control or would you rather be with a, a major and have a lot of stress relieved from you and let somebody else do a bulk of the, the other stuff? You know, um, it's funny that you asked that. So I believe that I learned this from some, I can't, I can't give the proper credit to the right person because I, I don't remember which artist revealed this for mm. me. Um, but I've recently come into the understanding that record labels are actually like banks. And um, this is, this is what I've heard. And so they are basically loaning you the money for you to earn it back. So you don't really have control over, over what you're going to do. And because I'm a writer, I'm not just a singer. Like if I was just a singer and I just wanted to sing somebody else's stuff, it would be different. That would be okay. But I, I actually kind of am, am more on the not, not to say that singers aren't creative, but right. I, I'm more on the songwriter side and the, the, the music writing side. And because of that, I believe that even though it's been much harder, I believe that I have made the right decision, even though it's harder and slower to self-fund and to main, con- maintain control of all of my stuff. Um, because, like I said, in the end, my understanding is is that you end up paying all of that back anyways right. um and i've also, and i've also heard some horror stories from people as well um so i i think you know even if you know i never make millions of dollars or what have you but for me because my love is in the writing my love is in you know actually writing the music and it you know, as a kid, I was the type of kid that could sit at my piano for four hours at a time and just lose track of time just playing. Um, I really have, uh, uh, that is how I release my emotions and really um, uh, get into a meditative state and, and, and lose track of myself. Like I, I really enjoy right. um, music in that way. And so in the, in the creation of it. And so for me, um, I believe that I made the right decision to continue the the grind of um, of being independent. Right. Do you um when you when you think about these things and you like you said you before you kind of struggle with some of the stuff that you're trying to um, figure out. Um, do you have um, people like you just 
you just go to and bounce ideas off of, or do you, um, on your own, try to sort things out? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't have a go-to person per se, um, that I know, I know some people do, um, have like a a mentor or something like that, where they, they, they always go to that one person. I would say I, I sort out a lot of these things on my own or there may be little pieces that I'll go to this person and be like, Hey, what do you think about, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and listen to what they have to say and, but still make my own decision, you know? Um, cause you know, ultimately at the end of the day, you know, what, I'm still forging my own path, right? Like I'm not in this defined box per se where um, I'm, I'm still I'm still navigating. So what's my point? Um, you know, as far as like like what I was saying earlier, especially with like me trying to fuse like some of the the Samoan music, like it's never been done before, really. Okay. Like so you, you know, like one kind of blazing a well, trail a little bit. No, I can't, I can't really totally claim that. I mean, there's definitely, you know, a lot of um, Samoan and Polynesian artists that have been out there, but I think, and I don't know if I'm going to accomplish what I'm trying to do, but I think for what I am trying to do, I, I'm not sure that it's been done before, okay. um, but I don't want to, I got to be humble. Like, I'm not trying to claim that I'm trying to do like, you know, the, this big thing, you right. know, uh, right? <laughs> Like, let's not get too excited. Um, (laughs) um, But, but, you know, like, as far as me trying to ask advice, like it, there, there aren't, there aren't a lot of people doing it. So it it is hard to, to ask other people for advice, even like, for example, like I made a video recently. um, It was that because of COVID, I, I couldn't really, I didn't really feel like I could release a full out music video so I ended up kind of making an animated not animated there were some animations in it of a in a a lyric music video Uh and I really wanted a Samoan graphic artist that could um take some of the the Samoan words in the rap that that I have made and be able to display it in the lyric video but the ones that I reached out to were busy so I ended up having to work with somebody that was not Samoan and that made things like really hard because I had to like sit there and like try and explain this term, right. like it's in a totally different language that they don't even know, right. right? So that didn't work out. I ended up having to go back and wait. Actually, I ended up asking my daughter to help me on some of it and then waiting, you know, to work with some people. Um, so the project ended up taking a lot longer than I had planned because I ended up having to go back and work with some people in the Samoan community, um, in order to make it happen. So because there's so few of us, um, you know, it just makes things uh, a lot harder because we're so spread thin between all of the things that, um, we need to do. You, you, you just mentioned, um, you just mentioned your daughter, do, does your daughter, um, like do music or anything? So my daughter, um, my daughter's now 18 years old. Um, she's- um, Wow, she's 18. I, 
yeah she she was actually um she did a little little part on my first album uh -huh. um i i got her in the studio um and i i definitely you know tried to foster some of that she ended up becoming more of a visual artist herself okay. um so she um she she knows how to animate she knows how to how to draw digitally um so she's into those sort of things but she does not like performing or um okay. anything to the degree that that i do okay yeah does that um so how's it how is it like working with your like with your daughter on some of the things that the projects that you're working on how is that <laughs> she doesn't want to help me <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> i couldn't say this because uh she's gonna get mad um <laughs> she was like you're gonna have to pay me like i got other things to do like then help you with your project like right. it, but i mean like i guess that's just anybody right like <laughs> you gotta pay anybody so <laughs> it, it's cool um it was just that she she happened to have some time and the skill set in order to do it so um she actually did a really wonderful job of um uh drawing some like a uh, fine mats and um there there were no digital pictures of, of fine mats that that we could find uh -huh. so uh, so it's kind of it's kind of cool that she was able to do that now all the time when i talk about um my time in hawaii and like doing music and stuff um, I always say that I think that, um, from my experience, I think they have the best, um, like underground culture, um, as far as like local music. I don't know if that's your experience, but what's your, um, what's your take on the local scene or underground, um, music in, um, Hawaii? I don't know if I honestly have much to compare it to because I had, um, I didn't get too involved with it in California. I met a few people and went to a few shows in California, but um, it was, I felt like it was a lot harder to, to break into, I guess. And also um, I didn't have anybody to watch my daughter um, uh. for me to go out to the club at night. Um, <laughs> so um, so I, I can't really compare it. Um, as far as a comparison but okay. if you ask the question in a different way i might be able to answer it um let me see um for okay and for writing or for um singing and everything um is there a lot of avenues for you in hawaii as far as in the underground while you're trying to break break out um i mean i think that you know you definitely i mean for me like i had a a good experience networking uh -huh. um you know what what i did well so like i mentioned i was a juvenile delinquent right so i, I already had this skill set of really kind of just meeting up with people that I didn't know and networking with them for other reasons. And, um, and so like, you know, whether what 
for example, like going to the club and, you know, just um, getting guys to buy me drinks or whatever. Right. Like uh-huh. I knew how to like talk to people. Right. right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I kind of like took that experience and like used it for my music. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, I would, I would, let's say, if, you know, there would be a, a hip hop show coming come into the town or whatever at whatever club and I'd, I'd go and you know I'd make it a goal to meet however many people that night and you know th- that's how I ended up I think linking up with In The Rough and and you like I, I think I went to like the juvenile concert that night and I don't remember who I was performing but uh-huh. somehow I ended up meeting you guys um you know and then we ended up developing um a relationship through that but that's pretty much how I met just about most of the people that I knew was I met out here was in person. Right. Um, Cause that was before like Facebook and I was never really into MySpace. Um, I was really like a, a face-to-face. I, yeah, I was really like a face to face person. Like I was used to doing business like that. So, um, so I always like, I would go out to shows and meet people and, and network. Um, and so through that, you know, I ended up, um, meeting a, a bunch of different people that eventually ended up, um, opening different opportunities for me to perform or record or, or what have you. So that's how that happened. Your, um, performing wise, your, do you remember your first uh, performance? Um, no, of my own music. Yeah. Um, I guess my question would be if, um, like when you're performing or when you early on, when you're performing, were you like nervous or, uh, Oh yeah. (laughs) I got a lot of stage fright. Um, that's actually why I don't really perform much um I still struggle with that to this day and it you know it's really it's it's really a man I'm just letting on my dirty laundry um it's really like a a self-confidence thing that I have I mean like I said I used to sing um you know when I was a kid you know kids are mean kids are really mean in school Uh, um you know I I performed I must have been like sixth or seventh grade or something I performed at um, at school. I sang this song, Alanis Morissette, um, "Isn't It Ironic," and the sound system went out that day. And the other girl um, said, "That's okay. I'll wait until the mic works." And I was like, "No, nah, I can sing without it." That was a bad, bad decision. <laughs> so, like, even though I could belt it out, what ended up happening was my voice cracked because uh-huh. I was singing a high note, and so. Like when I would walk down the hall at school, you know, like the kids would like tease me, like, you know, this note that I cracked, I mean, isn't it yeah. ironic or whatever, like, you know, and so like that really hurt my feelings, you know, so it really made me um, self-confident or not, what is it, self-conscious about performing. And like I said, I also told you, like, my dad was not supportive of me either. So like that also... I have issues from that. So I still, to this day, carry uh-huh. some of that with me. Like, even though it was like long, long, long time ago, and you should think that I sh- would be over it by now, but I'm not. And so 
Um, so I still get nervous um, before performing to the point where even if I wrote the song myself, I still forget the words. Like, it's, I, know, it's, I know all about that. <laughs> like, I, I think um, I, I got, I had the opportunity to open up for um, Twista um, back when there was the Pipeline Cafe out here. Um, I and I was so excited about that because um, Twista was like one of my favorite artists. And um, and th that day, um, I don't know why, but there was some girl up on the stage. She was drunk, and she was like um, twerking up on stage. And it was my it was my slot. Like I worked hard to get that slot. And for some reason, somebody let this girl up on the stage, and I'm just sitting there watching, like trying to like I'm just I was seething, right? Like I was pissed because there was I some other issue. There was there were some other issues that happened um before that that i probably shouldn't get into right now but i was, I was pissed um and so like i'm just i had wanted some backup dancers i but they told me the promoter told me that i was gonna have to pay for every single ticket for each of these um these backup dancers like i was gonna have actual a choreograph like thing to right. my stuff but the pr pr promoter at the time, you know, like he was saying this and that and whatever, like, and that's just part of it. But so, so me, me wanting to do that and then sitting there, like it's my slot. I only had like so many minutes and there's some girl up there twerking on my spot. I was pissed. And, and nobody's then doing finally, nothing about it. <laughs> nobody's doing nothing about it. And then, um, so then you know, I started doing, I think I repeated my same verse, you know, cause I'm just like, I got other things going on in my, in my mind. And this is uh -huh. like probably a big opportunity. Like twist is probably like watching up from up there. And like, I'm not really giving my best. Cause like, I'm thinking about this and that and this and that instead of like really channeling all of my energy. Um, and so, yeah, I forgot the, um, I think I forgot the second verse and repeated the first verse, but you know, I, I was one of those artists. I refused to um, play what some artists do is they play their track underneath. So it's, it gets a pretty cool sound, yeah. um, like almost like a reverb or something so that you're doubling your voice, but I always refuse to do that. So nobody could tell that I was repeating my, my verse. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Anyways, going back to me getting nervous. I get nervous every single time. Every single time. Yeah, I do too. My first experience being on stage was was horrible. Um I was with um I was with Kill and I get on stage and then like I said the first like six bars and then after that my mind just went blank. And I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to? I just dropped the mic and then I just walked off. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I I went. I just went to the car, and I was I was just like I don't get embarrassed, but I was just like <laughs> I just I just crashed, and then um, after that I, I was like, look, I just, like I can't have that happen no more. But if I forget, I just try to go through it. But that was the first time like being on stage. It was just it was horrible. Yeah, and I think some people will drink or use um, to kind of get over that that edge. But um, mm -hmm. I'm a former drug addict so like I can't really like be doing all of that I mean I could but you know I don't really want to pull an Amy Winehouse so um <laughs> like I'm I'm really I'm really trying to do this this music thing without falling into 
all of that. Traps so we, it's hard. It's really, yeah. it really is hard because it's all mixed into the music scene too. Um, but um, so, so I had this, this challenge with, with performing. And I know like, it's funny because right now, you know, you can perform from home, right? Like it's per perfectly acceptable to be streaming and performing from home. And I haven't been doing right. that either. I'm, I'm, I'm like deathly afraid to perform in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> so I record it in the studio and make sure that it's perfect before anybody hears it. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so, so now moving, like at this point, moving forward, um, what is your, your vision of how you want everything to come along now? Why are you asking such hard questions for? Uh, <laughs> I should have asked for these questions like in advance. So I have like a perfect answer to everything. Um, right now, um, right now my goal, my actually my, so my goal at the beginning of this year, you know how everybody has their new year's resolutions. I didn't really have a new year's resolution per se, uh -huh. but, um, but I had a goal to write a certain number of, um, uh, songs this year and um i've had a lot of uh life has definitely happened for me and i'm not gonna talk too much about that here um but uh but i think for me right now the the goal has really been to to get more clarity as far as what what direction i'm trying to go and because I've kind of been all over the place, like I released a reggae song, I released a hip hop song, I released like a, a pop sounding song. If you listen to my first album, it really is all over the place. Um, and so, you know, when somebody asked me to to describe my music, I've never really been able to do that because I just kind of do whatever I want. Right. Um, whatever you're in the mood at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think as as a, a creative independent artist, there's there's really nothing wrong with that per se because we're always growing, right, as an right. artist. Um, but like I said, for this next project, um, I, I already released one song that utilized um, some Samoan language in it. Like I mentioned earlier, it has um, the lyric video where it kind of illustrates some of what those meanings are for people who don't um, speak Samoan at least. Um, it is on YouTube. It's called uh, To All My Cousins. If you want to watch the video, um, if you just want to listen to the song, it's on all streaming. It's a it's a legit release, so you can get it on you know Pandora, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, whatever. Okay. Um, but I I've really been trying to take some of what I what I did there that actually came pretty naturally um, and take that another step further and trying to figure out how to fuse some more Samoan or Polynesian elements into, into my music, okay. whether that be the actual music in instruments or, um, you know, maybe I'll do a cover of an old song. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to experiment and see where I'm going to go right now. So towards the end um, of my, interviews i asked everybody this question so i'm gonna ask you this question um, oh i i failed i didn't listen to the whole thing <laughs> oh no <laughs> who's your um top three like favorite artists all time it'll have to be no order just 
who's your favorite artist? Um, I actually got this asked this question the other day. Um, I really like um, Ti. Um, I like um, Twista, and I have to give a third one. Let me let me can can you give me like a moment? Let's see. What do I have most played in my music? Can I cheat? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me let me pull up my my music library, and if I look at what do we have playlists? We top twenty five most played. Okay, my my number one top played song is "Fuck Boy" by Risque. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so okay so you said um you said ti twister and then who who's that last one risque so risque. um okay yeah so there's she she has a song um called smell your dick um that i don't know if you know it but like i said earlier i really have a lot of um respect for um some sexually explicit um, female art. If, if you if you hung out with me and we went out and partied and you were in my car, you would uh, trip because I would just be sitting there playing like some female rappers that are just like talking about all kinds of nasty stuff. Like, <laughs> and it's and I'm and I'm not trying to flirt with you. It's just right. I I have, have a lot of yeah. It's just my music that I, that I like. You know, like I don't know. Maybe that's why people get the wrong impression of me. Like it doesn't mean <laughs> that I'm trying to flirt with you. Like. <laughs> That's, I would like, I would have never guessed that because I've been around you a couple of times. I would never got that vibe. That's what you listen to, but I, but that's I like that though. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So those um those are definitely you know things that that are on my playlist that that I listen to that get me pumped up or excited for the day. You know. Okay. Um. So I I want to <laughs> I I thank you for um for taking the time um. I'm going I'm to talk to you like offline so I can make sure I get all your links and stuff so I can add it to the, um, to the video and, and to the YouTube and stuff. Um, and again, um, oh, I'm going to make sure I want to send you some stuff too because I just, I like getting people's opinions. So I'm, I'm going to send you some stuff just, just if you want to hear yeah. it or not. Yeah, send it over. I oh, but we also, got, you know what though? Sorry, we, you, you got to give a plug because we did a song together. Oh, we um, did. It, we definitely did. Yeah, um, before it goes out, you you gotta give that plug. <laughs> <laughs> we well, um, phone talk. Yes. That was a um. You know what? That was a um. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember how it all came about. Um, I know I I needed a um. A female to go back and forth with me about basically like a relationship type thing, and. You came in and like you just and you like you just knocked it out. It wasn't even like a long process. Yeah, I, I just gave you like the general idea of it. I think I already had some of mine recorded already, or if I already had, yeah. I, I might have already had it recorded. Yeah, I think you had part of it recorded already, and um, yeah, it was it was pretty quick. Um, it was like I can just. I do have the capability to just write like that, right? Like, and I guess I probably had some similar experiences in my relationships. You know, sometimes when I write, though, I I don't always, um, I like to embellish a, a little bit because um, 
I don't really like everybody knowing all my business completely. Right. Um, so, so if you listen to the song, like there are parts of it that, you know, are, are my life, but then there uh -huh. are parts of it that I, that I embellish a little bit, um, just to, you know, match right. the song or Drama, match the flow. Yeah. Creative license. Yeah. Um, right. So, um, but, but yeah, it was a fun experience for sure. I'm gonna make sure that I um I get the link off the of SoundCloud and add it to it too, so people can um go back and listen to it. I do want to let people know that this song is like mad years old, <laughs> <laughs> so it might sound a little bit outdated, but um but the actual content of it is I think is is everyday people's life, so yeah. you should be able to um to relate to it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I remember we, um, you, um, we actually kind of like took some parts of it on your own and kind of like added like a little, um, your own little flair to it, which I like that too. So, so technically there's like two versions of you. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was a while ago. I, yeah. I, 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 I think, I think I had, I think, um, yeah, I think you have the full version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the full version so I'm, uh so again um i thank you for taking the time and um for sitting with me and um i'm glad i got to talk to you because it's, it's been a long time too i think yeah yeah it was nice and i just All right, well, that, um in this me trying to like talk to people who's creative um you came across my mind and, and it was just um because i knew you were always about um your craft and um, your business. So I just want to make sure that um, I get a chance to touch um, the story from your perspective. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. No problem.